everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about a growth for a growth versus fixed mindset for weight loss. Which one's better? I think we all know if you know about this at all. So a fixed mindset is someone who believes that what they're born with, they're born with, right? You either got willpower and the ability to lose weight or you don't, right? It's one way or the other. A growth mindset is that that you can learn anything, right? That you can grow and get better at whatever you focus on and consistently work at. And so when it comes to weight loss, obviously having a growth mindset is going to be really, really important for achieving the success you want. Now, it's hard to be a growth mindset when you try to use a diet to lose weight, though, because there's not a lot of room for growth there. Right. Basically, a diet is built for a fixed mindset. You either can follow it or you can't. You know, it's kind of one way or the other. So in order to have a growth mindset with your weight loss, I think you've got to get yourself out of that dieting mindset as well and start to look at this process as one of weight mastery, where you're not just going to follow one eating plan forever. You're going to figure out a way of eating and living that resonates for you. And it's going to be a one fits one system. You're going to adopt it and customize it to your preferences, your lifestyle and who you are as a person. And so if you start from that place, it opens the door for you to be able to grow and evolve and walk along a path where you get better at not just losing weight, but of mastering your weight so that you're the best version of you that you can possibly be, the healthiest version that you can possibly be. And of course, if you start to look at it this way, in a way, it's like mastering your weight is like mastering a musical instrument. It's something that the more time you spend at it, the more effort you put in, the more you learn about it, the better you're going to get. And again, you can realize this is the opposite of how most people approach diets, where it's kind of like, just give me the plan. I'll just follow it. Right. And there's no room for any customization. Right. You just got to follow what the plan says. Um, but in if you zoom out a little bit, that's not going to work for life. Right? Oh, someone said they can't, can't hear me. Um, that's not going to work for life. If you uh, just think you're going to follow someone else's plan, right? If someone gives you an eating plan and you think you're just going to follow it, right? From a person who doesn't know you, you've never met, and you're just going to eat the way they tell you to eat, right? With, with no sense of, does that fit your lifestyle? Does that fit your preferences? Do you want to eat that way your whole life? So if we just try and fit a square peg into a round hole and just follow a plan the way it's written without tweaking it at all, the chances of you doing that long term are very slim. You know, and I think the numbers bear this out. How many people do you know that have followed a diet for decades? You know, there aren't too many. What's the longest you've followed a diet for? So stop taking that on as a personal um, shortcoming. It's not your fault that you can't follow a diet. It's not that you're missing some component. There's something wrong with you. It's that that idea sucks. The idea that you're just going to follow a plan that someone gives you to the letter forever. It's, it's, it's not even on the table. It's not even a real option. So what we want to do is we want to start with where we're at and work on improving, you know, because this is a never ending process of improvement where you keep getting better. You keep um, growing, you keep evolving into the person you want to be. And so right from the beginning, it is set up to be one that's in the growth mindset area, you know, where it is one that you're just going to, you're going to grow and evolve into the person you want to be. You're not starting as this perfect person and just all of a sudden acting that way. You know, it's a process of getting better. And again, you know, if, if we do bring it back to like learning a musical instrument, for example, um, 
if, if you went into that again, so we can have fixed and growth mindsets. If you went into learning a musical instrument with a fixed mindset, cause I've done this, right? I wanted to play guitar and I had the belief that I was not musical, right? That was a belief I had. And so the first 20 years of playing a guitar, I thought, well, I'll play. And I did play a lot and I'm, I was okay, but it was like, I always believe I'm not that good at it. And that was a belief I had. Then I remember reading a book, which uh, it was called Peak. And it went to a music school and they, they had the first, second and third chair violin players. And they interviewed them about how much they practiced. And without exception, where they ranked was equivalent to how much they'd practiced. And that really was a game changer for me to realize that my, my genetics, my, who I was as a guitar player was way less important than how much I actually practiced. And how much I practiced was dependent on what I believed was possible. And so working on developing a growth mindset anytime you want to create change, certainly with your weight, is essential because you are turning into a different version of yourself just by nature. You know, you are becoming another version of yourself. And so this idea with a diet that you're going to be the same person, but just all of a sudden follow this diet perfectly and weigh less is, is if you really think about it, it's not really a good, accurate description of what the process is. Much more what the process is, is you're transforming into a different version of yourself, a thin, healthy version of yourself. You're becoming that. And just like you learn a language and become fluent in it, it happens a word at a time, a day at a time. And you start to develop these skills, you start to accumulate them, and they all start to build on each other until eventually you turn around, you look and you realize, wow, I can speak Spanish. <laughs> you know, I'm fluent in this language now. And the same thing can happen with your weight. When you approach it as an ongoing path of improvement of growth of evolution you set yourself up for long-term success all right so i hope this helps you out because when you shift your mindset in this way and, and if you don't know about growth and fixed mindset carol dweck is the one who came up with this you should learn about this look it up 10 minutes of research on this will illuminate a lot of um insight for you i believe uh in in how you've been approaching things okay because we're all fixed in growth in some ways um, some more than others, but you can change it. <laughs> if you adopt a growth mindset, you can realize that you can become the person you want to be. All right. So uh, give that some time and some thought because it, it can transform the foundational pieces of your weight mastery. All right. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to ask them. I would be happy to do that. I apologize for the, the there was no volume in the beginning. Sorry, sorry. Uh, fix that now. Um, Someone says, I love you. You've helped me change my mindset from a binging brain to a nourishment brain. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I'm glad. That's what I do this for. You know, that, that makes me so happy. I love hearing that stuff. Um, hi, I try every day to change my eating habits, and it's very difficult for me. Um, fair enough. You know, it, it is difficult to change eating habits. I mean, that's the first thing we should recognize. You know, <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves. Let's, let's practice accurate thinking. Changing your behaviors is difficult. You know what I mean? Like, I think with weight loss, like we can get so obsessed with looking for a shortcut that we avoid just doing the work, just doing it. You know, it's a lot easier just to do the work than it is to always be looking for shortcuts, you know, and, and obviously it leads you to a much better place as well. Um, but yeah, it is a challenge to change your eating habits. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a challenge, <laughs> but what's your strategy to make it happen? You know, so it's like I can tell you my strategy. I think my strategy for changing eating habits is I think you need to have a process in place that you can rely upon. You know, so program yourself then. The core of the process is there's really two things. I mean, there's a, there's a hypnosis session every morning that you listen to, and that does a lot of the work. But the main part of the process is a two minute self hypnotic programming technique you use at night to do exactly that to change your habits. 
you know, and we do a redo technique and we do a rehearsal technique and we use that in order to change up our eating habits. But that becomes the process that you can rely upon to change it. You know, it's kind of like if you wanted to build muscle, right? I could tell you about an exercise to do, but ultimately it's going to come down to your habit of doing it. You know, do you have the ability to do it consistently? Because I can show you the best exercise in the world. If you just do it once, it's not going to do anything. You see, it's all about the accumulated consistency of what you're doing, you know, that matters more. Um, I feel unmotivated and lack discipline to change. How do I change? Um, Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head. Unmotivated is the first problem, you know, and everyone here, if you're struggling with your weight, the very first thing you got to overcome is that you need to get motivated. You're you're not motivated, you know. Um, You think you want to lose weight more than anything, but you don't. You wish you'd lose weight. You wish you'd wake up tomorrow and just magically start eating better, you know? But how how much do you actually want to make it happen? How much effort are you willing to put into it? And chances are not much, you know? And again, I don't blame you for it, but it's it's because you're not truly motivated. And once you're really motivated, the whole process becomes a lot easier. So, um, I mean, in Program Yourself Then, that's the very first thing we do. That's in the mindset section because there's blueprints, right? There's a mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. These are fill-in-the-blank blueprints that you fill out. They're your customized roadmaps to mastering your weight. The first one's mindset. And the first part of the mindset one is motivation, you know, because that's the engine that drives the whole process forward. And you ain't motivated. (laughs) If you don't believe me, I got a little thought experiment for you. Don't get upset about this. It's just a thought experiment. But if the person you love the most in the world was kidnapped and the kidnapper said, you are never going to see this person again unless you lose weight this month. What would your motivation be then? Would you lose weight that month? What if the kid ever said, I'm going to pull all your favorite foods all around your house too? Would it even matter? You wouldn't even struggle, right? You would just eat, eat the way you need to eat to lose weight because you'd be so motivated because all you'd be doing is thinking about getting that person back, you know? So again, motivation is the first step. Until you're really motivated, there's no point even trying to lose weight and you're probably not motivated, now, again, I mean, the, the twin forces of motivation. So in the program, there's, there, I call it the motivation matrix. Level one is pain and pleasure. How to use those strategically to motivate yourself. We want to use both of them. You usually just use pain because um, you don't like how you feel, how you look, and you're always focused on that, trying to motivate yourself by feeling like shit. <laughs> doesn't work. Um, next level is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation, which is the science of motivation. If you don't know about that, I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> you know. So anyways, that's where I'd start with to, to motivate yourself. Um, Lou says, if we are addicted to certain foods, we can, can we ever go back to them or should we cut them out for good? That's a super question. And I'll tell you what my experience says. My experience, when I've been doing this for 20 years, done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, that it depends. Yes, sometimes it seems there are certain foods that just are too much for people. You know what I mean? Like they just trigger them and they just have no control over it. However, usually that's not the case. You know, usually people might think that, um, but that's not really the case. I'll give you an example of what I mean is in a specific way. There's a program called Bright Line Eating. I don't know if you know about it, but the basic idea is that you don't eat sugar, flour um, at all, none, you know, and that's the Bright Line because they're addictive, you know? And so they have you take a quiz in the beginning. How addicted to food are you, right? Now I've worked with a bunch of people who have done Bright Lines and ultimately it's just not the right fit for them. You know, even if they gotten results, it just, it's, it's a hard way to live. And so what they thought they were addicted to these foods and could never have them. And then after going through program yourself, then they're able to moderately eat these foods. So I think rarely 
is it that a food is so addictive that you can't have it at all? I feel like usually your mindset's kind of so broken that you can't imagine, you know, having some sugar occasionally, you know, and you have no strategy for that. Because if you think about, if you're honest with yourself, the diets are really built around all or nothing. You have an all or nothing mindset. And um, program yourself then is really built around all or something, you know? So, you know, we really, we've got a five, two model, five days of cleaning, two days of pleasure eating. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's so much psychology built into that. But part of it is that if you say like, well, I can never have sugar again, that's one of the fastest ways to get yourself craving sugar, you know? So again, they've done studies scientifically, what's the best way to manage cravings? And the best way to manage is not to cut it out completely, but to moderate it, to push it off into the future, you know? So again, I don't know if this is a satisfying answer for you, but um, it, it's a complicated question. But, but yeah, I, I rarely find that there's foods that are so addictive you can't eat them at all. Um, and usually it's better that you learn to manage them. That, that's what I've found. Um, so this is, thank you for sharing your knowledge. You're welcome. You're welcome. Maya's Fashion, hello. How you doing? Don's here. Hey, Don. How's it going? Yeah, so it's, um, you know, th there's always more. I, I think that's one thing, you know, like like people ask questions and stuff, and there's always the context with when it within which the answer is given, you know? So a lot of times for me, I can't just give a simple answer because most people are thinking within a diet mindset. You know, you're thinking like a dieter. And w with a diet mindset, um, you're just seeing the world incorrectly in a way. You know what I mean? So it's like, what's going to give you the biggest change in your weight is not some tactic or diet I could give you. It's a mindset shift. That, that, that changes everything, you know? I hope that makes sense. Um, I've been eating clean and still no weight loss. I'm 45. Um, I've been eating clean for how long? Is the first question I, I would ask. Um, and eating clean doesn't mean you're eating less necessarily. You know, that, that's another thing to, to recognize. But what you're saying is the most common thing in the world. The most common. I, I literally just got off a coaching call and went through this. Um, and so it's, it's really important that, you know, you realize... You, how many times have you done this, folks, where you like you eat really good? Oh, at least a year. Okay, that, that's a great job. Okay, so that's super. Again, I know you're disappointed you haven't lost any weight, um, but you've made a huge shift in your eating most likely, right? If you have actually shifted from eating more processed foods to eating clean, that's a huge step. Now, if you can start to think like a like you want to wait, let me, let me step back. Most people approach their weight as if they, they want to lose weight, right? So I'll do anything I can just to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. But really what you want to do is you want to master your weight. You want to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life there on near autopilot, okay? And so that's a forever thing. Because again, if I ask you, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Right, I can hear you saying forever. Okay, great. And so you've spent a year cleaning up your eating and making changes to how you eat. So that's a enormous step forward on the path of weight mastery. Because you've done something for a year, you've made a tremendous shift in how you're eating. So now you've got a solid foundation under you. You now have the belief that I can change my eating, that I'm eating healthier, and I've done a lot of good things for myself. So now you're in the phase of tweaking what you're eating so you start losing weight. And so what it probably comes down to, you know, a little bit of probably licensing effect, right? Where we do something moral and good and virtuous and kind of follow it up by doing something less moral and good and virtuous. I know you're probably not gonna believe what I'm gonna say, but potentially, unless you've been measuring your food, you're probably consuming more calories than you think you are. You know, because it's like the halo effect, right? You've been eating well um, and cleaning up your eating. And so that that's kind of like absorbing a lot of your focus. And that may lead to having less awareness of how much you're actually eating. 
you know, clearly, right? Because if you're cleaning eating and you've been eating that way for a year and haven't lost any weight, it's because you're consuming too many calories. You need to cut the calories down, okay? However, you're in a much better position to do that now because now you're building on top of a foundation where you've changed your eating for a year in a healthier way, you see? And so now you're just changing it some more. No big deal. It's just a little more of what you've been doing. But just dial in on the calorie piece of it, okay? Um, Brooklyn says, 5-2 helps me stick to clean eating. I tell myself I can have the sugar item another day. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's the point of it, right? That's exactly it. Listen, I didn't just come up with this 5-2 thing. It's based on a lot of science and psychology. And especially there's one study that always stuck in my head. They tested people to ha they have them say different phrases to deal with unhealthy cravings, right? So they kind of manufacture these cravings in them by being their sneaky study selves. And then they would have them say different things. So it'd be like, oh, I can't have that. I'm on a diet. I shouldn't eat that. And then they would kind of test, like, how did that make them feel, the cravings? And the thing that worked the most, the phrase that worked the most was, I'll have it later, you know? And there's a lot of reasons this works. Primarily, it has to do with dopamine. But when we can say, oh, I can still have it. I'm just going to have it later. That's a lot more comfortable for our brain than saying, oh, I can never have that again. Then we feel deprived, okay? So, yeah, the 5-2 is great. I'm glad it's working for you. That's awesome. Good job. Um, yeah, Don's using it too. Yeah, it, it really works well. Again, we want to set things up so it's easier. Um, yep, Casey, lots of protein, veggies, and fiber. Great job. That's a great job, Casey. Um, what's the first thing to do? Please help. 40 years of dieting, my mind is boggled with information. Isn't that the truth, right? It's so true. You know, you just like, uh, your mind's just spinning, right, in a thousand different directions. So you're, you're right you got the right focus on what the problem primarily is, right? Um, what the first thing to do is, well, technically with weight loss, in order to lose weight, the first thing I would do is focus on the habit that's probably your worst eating habit. It may be eating at night, maybe overeating at meals, maybe eating in the afternoon, you know? I would focus on that one thing and I would work to resolve it or at least fix it. Remember, there's three hours of weight loss. Reduce, replace, remove. Most people just focus on remove, but you got two other options there. So you pick your worst eating habit and you go to work on it. You don't have to just get rid of it one night. You know, you can go to work on it and say, how can I improve this? How can I make this better? And um, go to work there, you know, and that's how you, you want to simplify it. What, the more complicated you make it, the more you try to take on it once, the more you kind of open the door to all that information boggling your brain. Okay, so so make it simple and focus down onto one thing, your worst eating habit, the habit that's responsible for the extra weight, the, the, the main habit you think is most responsible. It shows up multiple times. Thanks, Don. Lightning bolt. Um, yeah, pick that habit that is most responsible in your mind for the extra weight and then go to work on it. And um, that, that'll kind of make it allow you to focus and, and make that easier. Um, yeah, K there you go. KC, nice job. That's what I'm saying. You you. And, but I want to point out, I, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I've been doing this for a year, no weight loss. No, 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 no. I've been doing this for a year, setting a solid foundation because that's the hardest part. The fact that you've gone a year making that shift without any weight loss is a great sign. It really is because your mindset's rock solid. You know, now's the easy part. You know, now, now it's like, okay, I've changed all this eating and now I realize, yeah, my portions are too big. And you don't have to think you can know. I, I'm telling you, the portions are too big. If you want to lose weight, you got to cut them down a bit. But now you're in a great position to do that. You've got a solid foundation under you and you've got some muscles built up to, to do that. Okay, so super job. Um, hey, Doriana, yep. Hey, Jim, can't wait to get started. Got all the information this morning. Thank you. You are welcome. Um, 
that's awesome, Doriana. Yeah, I'm excited to see you in the program. I saw you, I saw your question in, in the group. Um, uh, I would say go to the the membership page, and if you go to the membership page, the homepage, it, it kind of lays out the three steps to follow. And um, that'll kind of give you a, a sense of an overview of how to use the program. And then remember, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and there's going to be a message on your phone. Click that link. Listen to the hypnosis session. Tomorrow night, you'll get another message um, reminding you to do the, the PYT technique. So that's where you get started. Okay. And, and if you have any other questions of that, just shoot me an email or ask in the group. Okay. Casey's might be also menopause. Um, okay. Here's what I say to that. It could be, I suppose, but usually when people say it's menopause, usually what I, I would suggest you focus on more is sometimes, you know, you don't know if it's menopause or if it's lifestyle, you know, and I say this as someone who's really built a career on helping women in some form of menopause lose weight, whether they're post-peri, you know, whatever it is, um, I, I, that, that's my main clientele, you know, so, so menopause definitely doesn't make weight loss impossible. It can impact things. Fair enough. Um, but usually it's an opportunity for you to really fixate on your lifestyle, which is where I would go. I mean, you're already eating cleaner, so that's great. So the lifestyle habits I'm referring to is eight of them that we work on in the program, and they're kind of in order of importance. First one is, is sleep, getting proper sleep, the, the amount of it and quality of it. Sleep, hydration, proper hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Okay, you get these eight things into your life more. Um, a lot of times, you're going to find that those more than make up for the menopause um, factors. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. What's else? Don says menopause. It does make things tougher, but it comes down to energy and versus out. I have found. I would agree with you, Don. Yes. Yes. The one thing at a time is huge. It really is, right, Don? Yeah. That's the big one. What's your opinion on protein bars? Uh, I I'm not eating them. I remember I used to eat the Cliff Bars, and I was like, just tricked me. You know what I mean? Like the, the calories, the sugar in them. Uh, no, thank you. I don't really like. I don't really like pr processed things. You know, I I have found in my life, the less processed food I put in my body, the easier it is to master my weight. No doubt about it. And um, I don't really like protein bars because. I'm sure there's probably some better ones out there, but any of that stuff, you know, I just want to eat whole foods, you know, primarily. I mean, if you're in a, you know, a pinch, you know what I mean? Like, like that's one thing, but I wouldn't want to rely on those in any, any typical fashion for a number of reasons. Um, yeah, Moonstone Serenity, yep, thank you. It's late night, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was mine. My, mine was like evening eating. You know what I mean? After dinner, I'd take an hour or two off and then I'd eat all night until I went to bed. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the worst ones too, by the way, because... It's like not only the, the calories you're consuming, right? But you're doing them before bed. So what's going to happen is it's going to influence your sleeping in a negative way, most likely, for, for two big reasons. One is that digestion uses a ton of energy in your body, okay? So when you eat a bunch of food and then go to sleep, I mean, sleep's supposed to be relaxing and rejuvenating renewal, right? And so if your body's running a marathon trying to digest all this food, you're, you're not in a state of recovery, right? That's one thing. The second thing is that you're digesting all that food and it actually raises your core body temperature, which is a problem because what triggers sleep is your core temperature goes down a couple degrees, right? So it kind of, what's the word? Nullifies that to some degree. And I can tell you, I, I, man, this, this was so much me because I remember I used to be the worst sleeper in the world. I'd be, I'd be hot. I'd be turning all the time. I was a terrible sleeper. And when I stopped eating at night, I started sleeping amazing. You know, now I'm, I'm the best sleeper. And so that's a huge impact because 
it's not just the calories you're getting, but it's affecting the sleep. And your sleep is such a crucial piece of your weight for so many reasons. It literally affects your your blood sugar, your insulin resistance, um, but it also, it impacts your hunger, right? You have a bad night of sleep, I almost guarantee you're gonna wake up the next day and be hungrier, and then you have less ability to manage that hunger, you know? Because think about it, if you don't get a good night's sleep, you're tired, and your body knows the fastest way to get a burst of energy is to eat some sugar or some flour. That, that gives you a spike of glucose. And so you get tired and you start craving unhealthy foods, and it's like, Again, with, with programming yourself, then we're always looking to um, strategically prevent a lot of problems that create the weight in the first place. So we want to, um, you know, manage manage hunger. We don't want to expect to be like oh, I'm going to be starving. I'm just going to not eat. That that's not a good strategy. And so sleeping falls into that. So as you dedicate yourself to not eating at night, you're also dedicating yourself to sleeping better. And as you start sleeping better, weight loss becomes a lot easier. You know, th than it's been if you're tired. Um, Yep, Don says that. Yep, this is my first thing to battle too. Yep, same with me, late night eating. Again, it, it's something we're on. Michicom, what's up? How's it going? Um, Casey, thanks for the encouragement. You're welcome, Casey. Again, you know, it's like in, um, and this is an NLP presupposition, but we adopt this and program yourself, then it's a core one, that there's no failure, there's only feedback, you know? And so I really suggest this for you because it's amazing what you've done. So, so don't let the fact you haven't lost weight just nullify all the, the good stuff you've done. You've set a real solid foundation and you just keep tweaking it. You'll get it, guaranteed, you know? You're missing something huge. And again, it's, I, you wouldn't believe me because it's hard to believe. Um, it's taken 5,000 you know, private weight loss sessions for me to realize it, but it's like we miss a lot of stuff. That I, I work with a lot of smart, intelligent, successful people and they just miss a lot of things that are right in front of them. It's just human nature. You know, so I would definitely, you know, look at your portions. I think you're going to be gobsmacked that you missed it. But but again, just be happy that you found it. OK, um, Lizzie Grant, how do I know if I'm sleep deprived? That's a great question, because, you know, the first thing that goes once we're sleep deprived is our awareness that we're sleep deprived, you know, because uh, we, we just habituate to it real quick. Uh, hydration's like that, too. One of the first things that goes when you dehydrate is your awareness that you're dehydrated. Same thing with sleep. Um, so how do you check? I like to. Yeah, I made this video a little while ago. It's one of my biggest videos, but I feel like people kind of took it the wrong way a little bit. But it was uh, it was taking a sleep vacation, you know? And so what I meant by it, you know what I mean? It's different for each person, but it's um, it's just spending a week where you intentionally sleep more. You know what I mean? Like you go to bed a little bit earlier, you take naps if you can, you sleep in a little bit more when you can, you know, that's that. And you just really take a week and really maximize your sleep and then see how you feel. You know, if you feel like a totally different person, you were sleep deprived, <laughs> you know, but that's how I would go about uh, checking it out. And that's what I did, you know, and I don't care if you're a parent. I was a parent, too. And one of the biggest mistakes I made with my my second kid, who he was a he was a tougher one. because He didn't sleep well, you know, so I was very exhausted having him for the first six years. <laughs> and uh, but what I wish I did, you know, I was I was, I was tired. And I would say like, oh, okay, kid finally went to bed. I got a couple hours here. I'm going to watch TV, my time. Finally get some time for myself. And it felt like I had no time. And so that time felt really important to me. But if I could go back in time, I would have gone to bed earlier. I would have sacrificed that TV watching time for sleep time. And and that's one regret I do have a little bit. But um, I pass it on to you to hopefully help you do that. Um, Lou says, I feel my internal dialogue is I'm addicted. So I almost use it as an excuse, not my fault. Yeah, you're exactly right, Lou. There you go. Absolutely. Um, your cell, your, your internal dialogue 
there, there's a saying, right? We're all our own best or worst hypnotist. And that's because we're always up in our own head talking to ourselves. And that, that conversation really controls how we think, feel, and perceive the world. You know, it creates the beliefs we have and um, how, how we think of things. So, yeah, I think you're right on the you're right on the money there that when you're saying, oh, I'm addicted, you know, I always say, like, there's reasons and excuses, you know, and the difference being that it's an excuse when we just say it and then don't do anything about it. It's a reason we kind of recognize and go to work on it, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I would Lou, you're right on the money. So just keep going into that. You know what I mean? Like what I mean by that is that, you know, reflect on that spend some time thinking about that idea am i addicted what is an addiction is an addiction i'm out of control with is there any chance i can change it like what what ability do i have to actually influence this you know start asking questions like this you know and start to give yourself more control because you're right i think if people can say oh, i'm an addict or i'm addicted to food i'm addicted to chocolate Right. And that, that just becomes some excuse that you, again, there's two ways to go about it. Oh, I'm addicted to chocolate. That's why I'm eating it every night and I can't stop it. Okay. Well, great. What that means to me is it becomes like a mental shield from thinking about it. You know, otherwise you can say, oh, I'm addicted to chocolate. I, I just, when I eat it, I can't stop eating. I can't stop thinking about it. What can I do to, to work on this? What are some strategies I can use to manage that? Well, that's a, you see what I mean? So, so we can start from the same place, but how, what questions we keep asking and how we approach it dictate which path we end up taking. Okay. But I think you're on the right path with that, but don't stop there. Keep, keep questioning that, 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 again, that's the core program yourself then is really, it's, it's, it's understanding the programming that you're already doing to yourself. All of you are already programming yourself. You have been your entire life and will continue to do so. There's no, there's no alternative. We all program ourselves based on what we think constantly. And most people are programming themselves to be overweight, you know, um, and you don't realize how, I'll tell you how you, you do it. You have, if you're watching this and you struggled with your weight for any period of time, you are programming yourself to be overweight. You're hypnotizing yourself to be overweight by asking questions like, what's wrong with me? How come I can't stick with a plan? Why do I keep overeating? Why am I addicted to chocolate? Why can't I stop eating the chips? Why can't I ever lose weight? Right. And you ask these questions thinking you're going to get to some answers, going to change everything. But what really happens is you just keep asking these questions and thinking about them nonstop. But every time you ask a question like, why do I keep overeating? What are you imagining yourself doing? Overeating. You see? So all these questions, while you think that they're leading, going to lead to someplace great, what they're really doing is they're always making you think about yourself the way you don't want to be. Overeating, out of control, being overweight you know, not being able to change your, your eating or your weight, you know? And so what happens when you start asking questions like, how can I make weight loss easy and automatic? How can I eat better? How can I have more control over chocolate? Um, how can I have a healthy relationship with chocolate where I enjoy it and I eat it and then I stop and I weigh what I want and I have control over it? I know you don't have the answers, but you're not asking that question either. And when you start asking that question, you send your mind on a different task. Your, your subconscious mind's a servo mechanism. It just answers whatever you ask it. But you're always asking problem-oriented questions. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I so messed up? Am I ever going to get this? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's all reinforcing the problem in you being overweight and out of control, you know? And you never, never, this is your biggest problem mindset-wise. You are never thinking about yourself as the person you want to be. Program yourself then is 100% about being the person you want to be and thinking like that person clarifying what that person is and connecting to it. 
and becoming that person from the inside out. Programming yourself thin is the opposite of a diet, you know? It's this inside out approach to mastering your weight. And everything you're doing is outside in. You think I'm gonna lose the weight and then magically turn into a thin person. Well, has that worked any other times you've lost the weight? I already know the answer and you do too. It doesn't work, but you keep doing it? I mean, you know, again, I don't blame you up until you hear me say this stuff. And once you realize it, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, just, just realize what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like you got to take action now. What are you going to do to fix this? How are you going to think like a thin person? Huh? I don't know. I, again, program yourself in. Let me share my approach. How do, how do I get people to think like a thin person? Well, they join the program yourself in and now all of a sudden on their phone, because my program's delivered through a phone, because the hardest part of change is remembering to change, you know? So it's like your phone's already part of your life. So now all of a sudden my little message pops up when you wake up. Oh, message from Jim. Click it. Oh, let me list my five-minute hypnosis session. Imagine starting every day for the next eight weeks off, calm, relaxed, turning your attention inwards, and hearing all this positive stuff. Each session's got a positive, like a core weight loss mantra. 57 of them. Now you put 57 weight loss mantras into your mind. You know what I mean? Like, like now you got new thoughts in your head that, you know, that weren't there. Where are you getting positive programming from right now? Where? Because <laughs> if you're getting it from somewhere, can you please write it in there so I can see? Because I, I, I don't know where anyone's getting any positive programming. Not sure, you know? Um, let me see. Let me see. What do you think about the keto diet? Uh, it, it's fine. I mean, like, it, it's it's... Is, is it fine? I, I don't know. Like, I don't like diets because I don't believe your weight loss revolves around one thing. All the diets are really marketing and they know they're appealing to people that are overwhelmed and overworked and they just need to need like one thing. They need to simplify it. So all the diets are built around one thing. You know, keto is built around, you know, ketosis and getting rid of carbs. Um, you know, Weight Watchers just count points. Uh, intermittent fasting just don't eat for a long time. Uh, Mediterranean diet, just eat Mediterranean food. You know, it's always like one thing. And your weight loss is not one thing. It's a comprehensive thing, you know? And so it's like this idea that you're gonna do one thing and change it. And especially if you're gonna try and do keto, what, with the same brain that you've failed to do keto with 50 times before? Why would it be any different now, you know? So how many times, Ava, let me ask you, and I'm, I'm not attacking you, but I just want to prove a point. But how many times, if you've tried keto, how many times have you tried it? You know, if you've tried a diet 10, 20 times and it hasn't worked, move on. <laughs> and I'd suggest you don't move on to another diet because all the diets, here's how you can tell when a diet's a diet is if it's just giving you a plan and telling you to figure it out, do it yourself. You know, if it's, if it's telling you what to do and not helping you and showing you how to get yourself to do it, then I would question it because your problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it, right? Let's be honest. If you were a robot and you could just type in what you're going to eat all day and then you just did it, would you have a problem losing weight? No, the problem is, you know what you want to do and you intend to do it. And then as the day goes on it, there's some other party that compels you to do the wrong thing. Well, it's your subconscious mind. And until you change that, I don't know, keto, intermittent fat, pick whatever diet you want. You know, they all have a 95% failure rate because you're just trying to force yourself. You're, what you're doing is you're fighting against your subconscious programming. And you can do it for a little while, whether you're fighting and forcing yourself to do keto, whether you're forcing yourself to not eat 16 hours a day, whether you're forcing yourself to be vegetarian, whatever you're forcing yourself to do usually lasts a little while because you never change your mindset, you know? So, I mean, keto diet, I, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I think we should eat less carbs, you know? But um, what's more important is what you think about keto diet. Um, Mishikan, what do you think about high-protein diets? Well, um, I don't understand why... It, 
the, the whole protein thing is bullshit. You know, it's um, this whole obsession with how much protein you're getting is bullshit. Because and I ask you this, and you tell me, folks, have you ever had a protein deficiency? And if you did, how did you know? Because I never even heard of a protein deficiency test. Have you ever have you ever had a protein deficiency test, folks? <laughs> have you? Have you ever heard anyone had a protein deficiency test? Where do you, where do you get one of those? Right? I've been alive fifty years. I never had a my doctor never gave me a protein deficiency test. <laughs> you know, is it possible that the meat industry is like the, one of the biggest industries in the world, like the only industry in the world that could take down Oprah Winfrey? You know, is it possible that they've really like exaggerated how much you know protein you have, and, and that that's really not that big a concern? But anyways, yeah, the reason protein diets, high protein diets get, you know, shine is because eating more protein compared to the standard American diet, it's more satiating. It's more satisfying, you know, but you know, it's the most satisfying ingredient you can put into your diet that it'll fill you up. Fiber, fiber. <laughs> That's the key one. Start eating more fruits and vegetables and greens and beans and, um, you know, put more fiber in your body and you'll find that's even more satisfying than even the protein. But yeah, I think there's all sorts of problems with high protein diets, personally, uric acid and all sorts of other issues um, in addition to usually more saturated fat. So that's my opinion on that, but I'm not a dietitian. Um, I didn't know about the sleep link. I just think I'm an insomniac who craves energy in the day. <laughs> that's, that's fascinating, isn't it? It's funny the stories we make. You know what I mean? I literally I literally just got out of a coaching call, um, which by the way, program yourself then we have coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to work with me? <laughs> Imagine being able to work with me for eight weeks. Like it's just, it's the most unbelievable deal on the planet, you know, and it won't be around there for long. So if, if you are interested in the program, by the way, hit my bio and you can go um, learn about the program. There's even a new version I made available that doesn't include coaching, which is, is more affordable for some people. Um, but get the coaching if you can do it. Okay, the better deal. Anyways, so we just got, we just went through that, but it's like we can create all kinds of narratives, right? We, we have evidence and then based on our beliefs and our thinking, we make up a, a story, you know? And so exactly, right? Like, I'm hungry all the time, right? Um, because I'm an insomniac, you know? Imagine if it's the other way around. Uh, it's fascinating, you know? But play with that Moonstone Serenity, you know? Play with it. Um, Eat during the day and then stop eating before you go to bed at night. See if your sleeping improves. Um, the other thing, I mean, sleeping is such a crucial part. That's another piece of the program yourself. Then program is I, I give these sleep gnosis sessions. You can listen to these at night. There's two versions of them. One is one that has a countout. You can listen to it earlier in the night and then go about your normal night. The other one doesn't have a countout. So you can listen to it as you go to sleep. It'll help you fall asleep if you're not good at sleeping. Because so much, the number one reason you're not sleeping well is because you're stressed, you're tense, you're anxious, you don't know how to relieve it, you know? I was the shittiest sleeper you know, and um, now I'm the best sleeper you know, right? I, I literally have a program called Sleep at Will. If you want just that, shoot me a message, I'll, I'll get you linked to it. But um, sleeping's a skill, you know? So, uh, you know, you can get better at sleeping, you know, for sure. And then that makes everything else easier. Uh, Don says, do you feel avoiding herbal tea at night is better for sleep too? Um, you know, I don't know. Again, I always say, like, just test out. Everyone's so different. You know what I mean? Like, there's just too many people to just blanket answers. So when you hear people giving blanket answers, be hesitant about that, okay? Um, I would I would test it out, Don. You know what I mean? Drink some herbal tea and notice how you sleep. I would do it a couple days, a couple nights, so you can kind of notice the pattern and then get rid of it and notice how you sleep, you know, and see see how you feel. Um, it just comes, how to deal with sugar cravings after a meal. Yeah, yeah. Um, that does happen. I don't know. You know, like the best example I ever heard of that, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, is um, kind of the alkalinity uh, 
you know, acidity of your blood. You know, you eat a dinner and then you want to alkaline it so you get sugar cravings. I don't know if that's true. I do know that I like, I crave sugar after I finish dinner for about 20 minutes to a half hour. Okay. And so I have two strategies. One is I can just wait it out if I want to. And then after a half hour, I'm good. Um, but usually what I do most of the time is I have some go-to desserts that I'll eat, you know, and, um, my number one during the, during my clean days is uh, chocolate, you know, but, but good chocolate. You know, I've, I've experimented with different types of chocolate. If I eat like peanut butter cups or Hershey's chocolate, like I'm like, eh, it's not even that good, but five minutes later, I'm like, I want more, right? And if I eat like high quality chocolate, I tend to be much more satisfied with it. So, you know, again, what, I, what I'm saying to you is, is maybe those strategies will work for you specifically, but I want you to recognize the process I'm saying here, which is that you, you, you test different things out. Some things work, some things don't. You, you test it out and then you tweak it and keep moving forward. But eventually you find a strategy that works for you. That's where I'm at. Like I've got, I've got like mindset, lifestyle, and eating strategies that allow me to master my weight. I've been the same way for 30 years, one little blip there about 12 years ago. But other than that, my weight's been the same. No dieting. I don't even work out in any like high impact way. I do, I do yoga, which is the most gentle stuff ever. But um, I do it because I've got my eating mastered. You know what I mean? And I got my eating master because I got my lifestyle mastered. And I got my lifestyle mastered and my eating master because I got my mindset mastered, you know? Um, but it's been through a lot of trial and error. You know what I mean? But I now have a system that works for me. I know myself. I know things that make me hungry. I know things that satisfy and manage my hunger. So that, that's really helpful. <laughs> you can imagine. I have things to eat when I have sugar cravings. You know what I mean? I've got all this stuff figured out, you know? So um, once you approach it that way, it, it becomes... I don't want to say it becomes easy. I mean, it does become easy. Anything you, once you master something, it's easy, right? But what I want you to do is I want you to get yourself on the path of mastery. You're on, you're on this path of weight loss. Weight loss to me, I always put it metaphorically. You know, like when you run a track, like, like you know, like a track to run around, right? It's four laps around that track to run a mile. And how dieters are, it's almost like metaphorically, it's like they run that first quarter of the track, <laughs> first loop around they're on the first quarter of the track as fast as they can 100 miles an hour and by the time they finish the quarter they're exhausted and they're done right and then they have to recover and then they go back and then they run as fast as they can and then they can't you know it's like it doesn't make any sense but that's what most people do so instead of overcorrecting and just you know blasting through your energy in the first day or week um you set yourself up for long-term success that mindset shift changes everything. And ironically, I always say this, that weight loss is way harder than weight mastery, right? Because with weight loss, every time you go to lose weight, you're way overcorrecting. You're trying to fix everything all at once. You're cutting 50% of your calories out, no carbs, intermittent fasting right away. You're just jumping right into it. You're already depleted and exhausted, and now you're adding more stress to your life. And that's why you can't stick with it. And you never will, you know? And so it makes more sense to start slowly, strategically, and systematically and build up um, a system so that you can master your weight for good. I don't know. Doesn't that make more sense? Am I crazy? <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm crazy, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Dude, fruit with dinner, it helps. Yeah, fruit's a great one. Fruit's a great, great answer. Moon um, said, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, best way to lose weight in two months. Um, the best way to lose weight in two months. I'll give you the best way to lose weight right away. You want the fastest way to lose weight? I know you all do. I always joke. People say, well, I don't think I can be hypnotized. You know the fastest way to hypnotize a dieter? Put him into a trance? Well, it's a trance, right? It's just bypassing your critical faculty. 
go your, your fantasy mind, your illogical thinking. You know the fast way to put a, a dieter into a trance? Do you want to know how to lose 20 pounds in a week? Would you like me to tell you how to lose 20 pounds in a week? <laughs> I'm joking, right? But you want to know, don't you? Like, because as soon as I say that, you're like, your, your logical mind just disappears and you're just like, oh, 20 pounds in a week? Yeah, tell me, tell me, right? You can't lose 20 pounds in a week. I don't know, chop your leg off. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, best way to lose weight in two months. I mean, I, I'm not going to answer that because what's the point? Like, what's the, and I'm not picking on you, Vic Apple. I want to make that clear. I'm just using that question to highlight that diet mindset. You know, because the diet mindset, again, it's, it's a it's a Russian it's a Russian nesting doll of, of thoughts, you know, but the outermost thought of the diet mindset is that I'm going to do this until I lose the weight. Right? I'm, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. So you think of it as a temporary thing, which causes you to think of it like a sprint. Right. Well, if I'm going to do it. I might as well do it the best possible way. Give me the most extreme plan. I'll just follow it perfectly. Right. And now all of a sudden you're in sprint mindset and sprint mindset as opposed to marathon mindset, right? Because if you're in a sprint, if you trip, you're losing that race, right? The only thing that's going to let you win a sprint is perfection, right? And with a marathon, if you trip, you can still make it up. There's a lot of space, right? And so you're approaching your weight loss like it's a sprint and perfection is the only thing that's acceptable, you know? And I'm approaching weight loss like it's a never-ending marathon. If I mess up, it's no big deal, you know? But to lose weight lose weight in, six, in two months, you know, I don't know. What's the best way? Um cut your calories down to 500 calories a day, uh, you know, exercise every single day for three hours. Um, don't eat any sugar. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm being sarcastic, but again, what's the point? Who wants to lose weight for two months and not for two years, two decades, right? You know what I mean? So um, again, it, I only focus on long-term weight loss because I don't see any point in just doing things short-term. But again, I mean, the answer, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't eat 500 calories, you know, do the HCG diet, you know, get them shots too on top of the 500 calories, you know, do a water fast, right? Do a water fast for a month, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, Don said you're reading my mind. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speed up with these questions. I'm talking too much here, but I'm glad I read everyone's mind. I know your mind better than you do, right? I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions and uh, I just know this stuff. I really do. I'm not, I'm not like being conceited here. I'm really like, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I really am one of the few people that's really focused on weight loss in the way I have, you know, because what have I done? I just work with real people and I actually help them stick with what they got to do to lose weight and, and customize it to them. Um, most weight loss is built around someone just telling you what to do, right? I could, I could, I could just sit here and sell a diet program and I could just, you know, this is how I eat. Here's eat what I eat. See you later. But that's not going to help you, you know? The problem isn't knowing what to do. You already know enough about what to do. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it. You don't know how to change your behaviors, you know? And you don't know how to change your behaviors. You don't understand your mind. Do you know you have a consciousness, subconscious mind? If you don't, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't, I don't know how you have any chance in hell at ever changing your weight or any of your behaviors, you know? Because what you're doing, I'll, I'll give you, I'll explain to you what you're doing with your diet mindset. You have a subconscious mind that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And you have a conscious mind, which is your logical, rational part. It's the part of you that wants to lose weight, knows why you should lose weight, knows what you should do, and tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. And so every time you do a diet, you try and use your conscious willpower and your conscious mind to fight against and restrict your subconscious mind, right? Because your subconscious mind says, oh, it's eight o'clock time to go eat some chips, right? And you say, no, we're on a diet. No, no, no. And you do this for as long as you can. And at some point, you can't do this any longer. You're bored, sick, distracted, tired. This fades away. And what do you do? 
you do what you always did. Right? Right? <laughs> and so what, what programming cells is totally different because we're using our conscious mind to reprogram our subconscious mind so that we automatically and naturally do the things that keep us at our goal weight. Automatically. Right? I mean, you can do this. You do it with your toothbrushing. Right? Your toothbrushing is an automated behavior that you installed into your subconscious mind. And now it's like it's 90% just automated. You don't have to think about it. You just wake up, you know, sleepwalk to the bathroom, you're brushing your teeth. You know, before you go to bed, you just walk in the bathroom, brush your teeth. You just do it on autopilot. Well, your eating behaviors are the same thing, right? If you really, if you take a step back and look at your week, you're going to notice there's the same eating behaviors are causing the problems. There's probably two or three of them that are responsible for 80% of the extra weight. It's probably snacking at night, eating at night, overeating at meals, snacking in the afternoon, right? <laughs> there's a good chance that that's probably it. And so if you could get a handle on those three things, I wiped out, I, I don't eat after dinner anymore. I eat just the right amount of dinner. I'm comfortable and I don't snack in the afternoon. Now, how'd I do it? I didn't use willpower to stop myself from doing those things. I installed new behaviors into those situations. So I just automatically do them. It's a lot easier. <laughs> uh, Don says that does not work. And how quick can you lose it is a recipe for disaster. True, true. Lou says you're amazing. Thank you. Appreciate you. I appreciate that, Lou. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm happy to help you guys. Mijikam says you're so great, Jim. Your approach is so unique and makes so much sense. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It is unique. <laughs> I always say, I, I always joke, I like I get the number one weight mastery program uh, in the world because I probably have the only weight mastery program. Who the hell talks about it like this? You know, and again, I'm not a genius. It's just, if you do something long enough with enough people, you just figure things out. That, that's where I'm at. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm obsessed with this stuff. I, um... I read 50 books a year. You know, I mean, I'm always, I mean, I've certified people in the program yourself, then approach. So I'm obsessed with this stuff and I'm obsessed with it because to me, this is life or death. You know, if you don't know my story, my, my father died of a heart attack at 54. I was nine years old. My brother was six. You know, he knew he had heart issues. He could, he did not have changed his behaviors, you know, and, um, his eating, his weight, his lifestyle contributed to that, made that happen. And I remember I saying, oh, I'm not going to let that happen to me. 10 years later, I'm 50 pounds heavier. You know, I'm just running out my programming. Didn't give a shit what I want to do consciously. You know, you're always going to run. You're going to just deliver your programming, you know. Um, and so I was going on that same path. And so to me, you, you, who I'm talking to, your weight and you mastering it, this isn't about like you wearing a bathing suit to the beach. Like, like it's cool. I want you to do that. It's fun. Okay. But this is about you living as long as you can. You know what I mean? I want you to live as long as you can and have the best quality life while you're alive. Uh, this is about you being there for the people that are in your life, you know, about honoring the most important relationships in your life. That's what I'm, that's where I'm coming at it with, you know? So my intention's much different. I don't want to just lose some weight. You know, really, and I always say like, you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Program yourself then as a personal development program. Let it be known. Um, Cause I don't believe, if you really think about it, right? Like this idea that you're just going to be the same person you are, but you're just magically just going to eat different and weigh less. Like, it's so weird to me. You know, really what's going to happen is you need to transform yourself from the inside out into a different version of yourself, the best version of yourself, you know? And um, that process, not only is it more compelling and motivating and exciting, it's more effective at helping you master your weight, you know? So that's what I think. Um, Ava says, I tried it twice and it didn't work. Doing a 20-day fast now and I'm only on day, or I'm on day five currently. Um, Ava, I forget, what did you try? I'm going to go up here because I forget it. Oh, the keto diet. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Ava, you know, like it's, if, if you look back, you know what I mean? I've been losing one kilogram a day after the third day. Um, you know, I'm here to support people. So I'm not here to, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to discourage you. Um, 
but I don't know what happens after the after the twenty day fast. What happens to the weight? You know, I don't know. I mean, people come on here all the time and ask, "Well, what do you think about water fasting?" And I just like, "Well, what's the point?" And Ronnie, I see your question. I'm going to answer that one second. Um, I don't understand the point of water fasting because it just seems like a recipe for disaster. Because like you lose some weight, and then you know you're going to put it all on, and it's like then there's the mental discouragement. There's whatever metabolic damage you may do, and then there's the psychological impact of getting yourself obsessed with food. You know, because you're going to get yourself really hungry. And then you're going to come off to fast and then you're going to be really hungry again, all about food again. And now you're going to be trained your mind to just be obsessed with food, you know? And on top of that, you just reinforce this, this yo-yoing all or nothing thing, you know? So it's not a long-term strategy. And I don't know, I, I see anything that's not a long-term strategy. I'm just not interested, you know, unless you're, if you're an MMA fighter or like a wrestler has to drop weight real quick, you know what I mean? I understand that. But in any other situation, I don't understand um, just wanting to just lose weight for a little while. I, I just don't get it, you know? Um, protein is good for gaining muscle while in the gym. That's why. Yeah, sure, sure. That that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, which, which is good, you know. Which, which is fine. Again, that's part of that. Someone said that was the word they used. Um. Oh man, I can't think of the word they used. They were talking about like all the information in their mind. It was a B word. I thought. I don't remember. But boggled, boggled. Right. Let's let's face it. Right. If you want to lose weight, your your mind is literally boggled. <laughs> was it? I want to just look real quick. I want to look at the definition of boggled. I love that word. Used to play that game. I don't ever play that. Boggle. A person or a person's mind be astonished or overwhelmed when trying to imagine something. Astonished, overwhelmed, hesitant, or being anxious at. Um, overwhelmed, right? Let's do overwhelmed. And so, yeah, you're thinking about losing weight, and it's like you got 50,000 different ideas in your head, right? Yeah, the protein thing, right? I mean, the muscle guys, you know what I mean? And they've mastered their body, but it's like we, but you're not them. You know what I mean? That's the point. Ultimately, you've got to figure out your own way. You know what I mean? To, to eat, to live, to get the results that you want, you know, because a lot of times we take like advice from people whose goals and outcomes are different than what we want, you know, and so that's not a good fit. But anyways, um, let me get the Ronnie says, I have a question about how I have diminished having a limiting dieting mindset and how my body wants to eat whatever it wants as I allow it. But I'm wanting to transfer my mindset to become attracted to eating healthy foods because they make me feel good. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. You know, a lot of this is the same thing. It is a transformation. Um, and again, that's why I say, like, I, I think the goal, you'll find this whole process a lot easier if you shift the goal from weight loss to personal development, okay? So if you make this less about losing weight and more about being the best version of you you possibly can be, okay? I, I think that's an important first step because it changes everything that follows. You're, you're, the background of everything is different and better, okay? And so what happens is, like, wanting to make your mindset one that wants to crave healthy foods it's not going to work by taste, <laughs> right? You're never going to crave healthy foods the way you crave unhealthy foods. Like, like it's never going to be the same. It's just like you're not going to crave a carrot like you would cocaine right? or heroin, right? Those things are super addictive, you know, to humans. And the processed foods and unhealthy foods are super addictive. So, so never will healthy foods, you will never crave them in the same way that you crave unhealthy foods. Okay. That being said, you can still crave healthy foods, but it's a different craving. It's a craving that's more mindset oriented and it's oriented around the idea of, um, okay, if you work, right, if you got a job, that's a good example because there's times when you wake up in the morning, you're tired, you don't want to go to work, but your mindset is such that you, you do go to work because you want that money and the life that it provides for you. You see what I mean? So it's not like a craving, like, oh, I want to go to work, but it's deeper, if you have kids, it's the same thing, right? Kids, it'd be a pain in the ass sometimes. You're tired, you don't want to do anything, you got to go deal with them, 
right? And so it's like, you may not want to do it. You're not wanting to do it, but there's a deeper motivation there because you want, you value being a good parent that takes care of their kids. And so that deeper value drives you to do the right thing. That's the, that's the craving you're going to feel for healthy foods. It's a different one. It's a deeper one. It's a mindset based one. It's not the visceral sensory based one that you get with unhealthy foods. I hope that starts you on the right path. Um, plants, plants, and more plants. I'm feeling that, right? Should I increase my protein when I want to build muscle? Um, probably. I, I'm not a muscle building expert, <laughs> as you can probably see. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I did do a series. I did a series called The Elite Body, which was uh, a lot of the top fitness trainers, nutritionists, and dietitians of the world. Um, and yeah, they, they would say eat more protein. Uh, but I don't know how much protein you're eating now, you know? So again, don't take my word for that. Uh, Danilo says, how to program myself to be thinner. All right, now that's that, Now we're talking about language. Um, it really comes down to thinking like a thin person. You say, well, how do I think like a thin person? Good question. Um, and it starts with questions, right? So you, again, you have this internal dialogue, right? You, you know you're talking to yourself all the time, you know? The first step to, that precedes change is awareness. You know, so the more awareness you have of what's going on inside your mind and what's driving your behaviors, the more ability you have to strategically change it, okay? So to program yourself thinner, the first thing I think you need is you need some sort of process that's gonna be consistent for you, okay? So if we go back to brushing your teeth, like, oh, I say, how do I, how do I keep my teeth clean? You know? Well, it's like, this is a good example, actually. So how, how do I keep my teeth? How do I get my teeth clean, right? Well, if, if I said it like that, like what? What do you, well? I don't know. Is there some go to the dentist and get them like super cleaned? That ain't gonna do it. I mean, that gets them super clean. That kind of sets you up. But you need to have what a process that you do consistently, right? Because you think of weight loss. I'm gonna get a little deep on here, but like linguistically, there's a thing called nominalization, and it's when we turn a verb into a noun. And so, weight loss. What the diets have done, they've caused us to think of weight loss and weight mastery as there's a finish line. There's lose the weight and we're done. You know, but you need to think about your weight kind of like you think about your teeth. It, it never ends. I'm sitting, I'm, I'm here telling you that. I'm at my goal weight and I've been here for a while. I'm still managing it. I'm always paying attention to my mindset, lifestyle, and eating. I'm always called, I'm always kind of like, you know, I'm there guiding it. I'm aware of what's going on. So there's no point you just lose the weight and then you're done with it. You know what I mean? You have to get that idea out of your mind. Um, so programming yourself to be thin, I believe, revolves around having a routine or a process that's like brushing your teeth. And that's the program yourself thin technique um, where every night you kind of do the redo and rehearsal technique. You clarify and connect to the ideal person you want to be, you know, and you get clear on that and you do it. So, again, without there being a process like saying, oh, how do I learn Spanish? Well, you got to expose yourself to it consistently until you learn it. You know, same thing with being thin. Um, I'm not necessarily hungry all the time. I want to eat even when I'm fully full and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that's a common one. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some of that's emotional. Um, some of mine, there's kind of bad habits, fast eating, um, a lack of, of connection and awareness to your body, eating the wrong foods, okay? Um, usually if you're eating processed foods, that's very easy to do, you know, because they're literally built to be addictive and just overeat. Um, as you eat more natural, healthy foods, it's harder to do that. You know, so again, there's a lot of factors going into that. Um, GS says, very good information, but then so much of, you know, I don't know. Very good information, but then so much of, you know, I don't know. Oh, I say that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I do. I have verbal, verbal tics, I guess, right? Um, mostly because everyone is different and use different strategies. Well, that's true too, Ava. <laughs> I do say that a lot, right? Because it really is like that. I will tell you that it's... Um, it's funny, you'll make me all, all conscious now, self-conscious about what I'm saying, you know, and I know. Um, 
But one thing that always sticks in my head, right? It's like there's what, 7 billion people in the world now or something like that. Um, like what works for one person it certainly may not work for another person, right? And one thing that makes me think of that is like lactose intolerance, like which is fascinating. I, I only learned this recently, but like it's hard for me to say 100%, but, but almost all Asians are lactose intolerant. Um, a lot of African-Americans are, are lactose intolerant. A lot of like Norwegians are lactose tolerant, right? And so it's been generations of drinking milk has caused us to be, you know, some people to be able to process that and some people don't, you know? And that's just one example of, that's just one example of how th there's just so many factors that go into how your body responds to things. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna say, you know, <laughs> yes, I am. I can't stop saying it. It's oh, funny. I have to meal prep in order to not fall off the wagon. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Meal prep's huge. People never like take into account. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to change my eating. A lot of times they don't think about logistics of it because it's not even just meal prepping. It's like, okay, say you want to start eating differently. Well, there's going to the store and buying new food. So there's going to like the store and, and going to different places. You have to figure out where those foods are. I know it might sound silly, but now you're changing that up. Because that used to be an automated behavior where you just automatically went and got those foods. Now you're changing that up. Then there is... What are you going to make with that food? Now you're preparing that food differently. And now that's a new thing. And then you have to eat that food, right? So it's different, you know, and it takes on, um, it, it takes on, uh, it takes more energy. So the logistics of eating differently is a huge part of the process. That a lot of people overlook, uh, is honey and maple syrup the same as sugar? Uh, no, no sugar. That's a good question too. I was just looking at this because I got on like a, a wild honey kick. And so sugar, like like refined table sugar, I'm curious about that. I, I never got a solid answer on the wild honey. My gut tells me, my, my experience has shown me that, that anything processed versus something natural, the natural one's always better. Uh, with honey, I didn't get a clear answer of that. Those are both sugars. My gut tells me that the honey would, would take longer to absorb into your body than the sugar would. I'm going to let that go. I don't know. Uh, I would, again, anything natural. I'm always going first for natural because sugar is super processed, by the way. You got to look that up. Okay. It's, uh, I, I found that pretty eye opening. Like I always had this intuitive idea that you just like tap on the sugar cane and the sugar comes out. And it's not that, you know, you couldn't make sugar in your house. If I dropped off a sugar cane thing, it's, it's like super processed, you know, to make it so refined. And so that makes it absorb into your bloodstream quicker. I can't imagine a sugar wouldn't absorb in your bloodstream quicker than honey would, but could be wrong on that. So I can't answer that. Why does Weight Watchers not work after two months? <laughs> Why? Why is that? I don't know. I, I think, why doesn't any diet work after two months? I think it's because you're never really, again, it's that idea that you're just consciously forcing yourself to act different, but you're never really changing the core of you, the way you think, the way, the big one, right? The, the, so in the mindset piece of Program Yourself Then, there's six categories that we go through, but the first one's motivation. That's the first thing you need. But the work really starts with the self-image. Your, your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. Not to talk like the matrix here, but you have a, you have an identity. You may not like the weight. You may hate your weight, but you can't disagree that you're familiar with it. You know what I mean? You know how to get through the world as that weight. That's how you identify in the world as that you. 
And so what's really happened, I think this is the core of, of really mastering your weight, of, of weighing something different long term. There's an aspect to it of becoming a different version of yourself. You know, I always get people on and say, oh, I'm the fat, funny friend. You know, that becomes the identity. And so you've got to change that. There's more to, you're not just losing weight. There's, there's all the inner stuff going on. So many things. So I think there's a lot of that. I, I think Weight Watchers never touches that. No, no diet I've seen ever touches the internal pieces of weight mastery, like all the inner stuff that has to happen. And I think that's why. I, I think all weight is a reflection of what you're thinking consistently and primarily your identity, how you identify as a person. And if you're struggling with your weight, it's because you most likely identify as an overweight person. Oh, I'm addicted to food or I can't stick to a diet or I can't do it or whatever. You have this story you're telling yourself and you believe it. And we always live up or down to our self-image. So I think that's probably one reason among many. But it doesn't deal with the mindset. None of the diets deal with mindset. I think that's why none of them, none of them work well long term. Do you think hormone type affects menopausal weight gain? Um, I mean, it would make sense that it could for sure. You know, menopause changes things, you know, no doubt about it. Um, rarely have I seen, I, I don't know, there's just very few physical situations that actually prevent weight loss. You know, there's certainly physical situations that make it harder, you know, no doubt about that. So um, I would I would imagine, yeah, things like that probably do affect it, but, but probably don't dictate it though either, you know. Uh, what are you having for dinner? <laughs> That's funny. Good question, Lisa. I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight. I was just thinking about that. It's a funny night. Um, my family was like, well, we'll I'll do our own thing. So what will I have? A lot of times I have like, it's Tuesday, like tacos, which I'm so sick of. Like I can't eat another taco, so I won't eat that. Um, mm, I might have a burrito, you know, the burrito, brown rice, uh, sauteed vegetables, some guacamole. I don't really do much dairy. You know what I mean? I might get like a little bit of sour cream on it. Uh, no cheese, lettuce. I might have that, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to have. <laughs> uh, what do you think about GM diet? GM? What's GM? I'm kind of tired out. I'm not I'm just GM. It's something obvious. I'm just missing it. Why is that when I eat healthy, I'll end up eating junk at the end of the day? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think dairy's bad too, by the way. Um, do I? <laughs> I think dairy's weird. You know, I always like to say this. Like, I, I think it's a weird thing, you know, that uh, if you if you think, think of like the first person that decided to drink dairy, it's always a weird one, right? Or if I was like, ah, oh, here's some here's some dog milk. You, you you're interested? Here's some cat cheese. It's, ah, it's gross. Dogs and cats. It's nasty. All right, let's stick with our own species. Here's some human cheese. <laughs> gross but it's funny you know i mean i'm just saying there's a lot of conditioning around milk you know and if you're not a baby calf that wants to double its size in a year i don't know is it a good idea mm. i don't know i know cheese consumption's gone off the charts in the last 20 years i don't really drink much i don't, I don't really do much dairy i eat a little bit of cheese here and there a little bit you know but it's not um i don't think it's a good idea if you want to master it i don't think something's going to help you but some people love it so it's like if you love it you don't want to give it up then then just you know fit it in but I don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of dairy, but uh, oh yeah, the, the eating healthy all day and then not eating in the day. 
it's usually a combo. You know, sometimes eating healthy during the day is code for I didn't really eat anything during the day. You know, and now the afternoon and night I'm really hungry and now I'm not eating well. You know, that's the big one I see. You know, your willpower starts up here and your hunger starts down here. And um, as the day goes on, you know, this is about noontime, <laughs> right? And now your, your hunger's up here and your willpower's down here. And, uh, you know, that's where the problems usually start. And so you want to be careful of that. The other thing is the licensing effect, that, that sometimes when we do something good, you know, in Virtuous, we follow it up by doing something not good, you know, and there's a little bit of that as well. Uh, do you hypnotize people? Um, I used to have a hypnosis house where I was actually like just traditional hypnosis, and I've since come to find that that was hit or miss, and what's really worked, the big turning point in my career was when I began teaching people how to hypnotize themselves. It's very simple. Hypnosis is something we all do to ourselves. Every time you watch TV or a movie, uh, it's that's hypnosis. You know, Hypnosis is influencing your subconscious mind. And so you're, every time you're watching a movie or a show, you're vicariously imagining what's going on on the screen. You know, And so it's, uh, it's important that you learn how to do that. You know, and so I don't really hypnotize people so much. I do use a lot of conversational hypnosis. I've been hypnotizing you this whole time, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but I have, but I use conversational hypnosis. Um, thanks for answering the hormone question. Yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh, I use some coffee. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know, like anything, pretty much, I don't know. I think that there should never be like an all or nothing thing with pretty much anything kind of, you know, unless it fits like I'm a vegetarian, like I stopped eating meat, but it was just, it just felt, it felt right to me. And so, uh, it was, it just felt natural, but I didn't need willpower. I actually enjoyed the healthy food. Well, that's great. That's what you want. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't need willpower. I actually enjoyed the healthy food. That's great girl. Uh, so, you know, what I would suggest is that you, you got the healthy stuff in there. You enjoyed it. And now work to extend that, you know? So extend that healthy food phase a little bit longer. Not all the way to the end of the day, but just another two hours. Get good at that, then another two hours, you know? Uh, Does your wife eat meat? No, we we became vegetarian together. And I was a big meat eater. I I was eating meat every single day, multiple times a day, my whole life. Uh, But when I found out about vegetarian, it kind of presented itself in my world. I'd never even thought about it. Uh, It just felt... I always say like to me anyways, people laugh at this, but it's, it felt me becoming a vegetarian or being a vegetarian. I felt like it was almost like sexuality. Like it's just, it just felt like what I was. It, it didn't feel, I didn't like decide like, Oh, I'm a vegetarian. Cause whatever reasons I did have reasons. I will say the two big ones, the big one was, uh, I, I, it was 30 years ago. You have to remember that too. 25 years ago. So there wasn't like a lot of vegetarian like alternatives like there are now. So when I went vegetarian, one of the big reasons in my head is like, wow, it's going to be way easier to master my weight because all the, the tempting, challenging foods that I was trying to eat less of all had meat in it. So cutting meat out was really an easy way to make my eating way healthier and cut the calories down a lot, you know? Uh, but it just felt, I just, I feel like a vegetarian and I'm pescatarian. I want to be specific. I do eat fish sometimes, but it just felt that, that's just who I felt like I, I am and I was. It felt like me. Can you hypnotize us now? I would do it. I got to get out of here. Uh, I do have to go eat dinner. <laughs> but I, I would I would hypnotize you. It's easy and it's fun to do. Uh, but here, that's a good question. If you're here and you want to be hypnotized, go to, uh, go to my bio, click on that link, 
get the program, <laughs> but if you don't get the program, you can get a free hypnosis session. It's just on the top. Uh, click on that link and you get a free hypnosis session and uh, it's a good one. You know, it's uh, about 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Uh, it's built for, it's, it's a motivation session. So it'll help you clarify what your goal is, help you connect to it and get you fired up and motivated about it. So you can get that for free. And, uh, but yeah, next time I'm on live, just remind me and I will uh, hypnotize you all. Because <laughs> it's not what you think. You've you all been hypnotized. I don't think it's like some crazy thing. That stage hypnosis stuff has kind of ruined our, what we think about hypnosis. And uh, it's not, it's not that goofy trance stuff. It's more about uh, other stuff. But it's just a, a natural, normal state everyone goes into. You know, so it's not some weird thing. Uh, go do it. Changed everything for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don, Don's, she got that session. It's a great one. Going to it right now. Yeah, awesome. All right, everyone. Well, enjoy that. Yeah, go over there. Check it out. Enjoy the program. It, it's uh, if, if you're looking to really master your weight, go find out about it. Uh, and even if you don't want to do the program, go get the hypnosis session. Uh, if you do join the program, I'll see you in the program. If you have any questions, you can always email me. I got a YouTube channel, Jim Katsoulis. Uh, podcast is Program Yourself Then. It's on all the major platforms. And uh, I will talk to you all soon. Have a great day. Bye, everyone.